nine things about sleep that will not only blow your mind, but can save your life. So number one, how much do you need, right? A very age-old question. Research says seven to nine hours, and that's for adults. So over the age of 25, you need seven to nine hours. We're gonna come back if you're less than 25, how much you need. If you sleep less than six hours, you will have a shorter life. All causes of mortality, all cause mortality. You hear that a lot in research. Um, just meaning all causes of death are influenced by, so you will more likely die from all causes if you sleep under six hours. So that's where mortality comes in. Why is decreased sleep linked to Alzheimer's? This one's really interesting because um, we used to think that the, the brain didn't really cleanse itself. We used to think that the number of brain cells you had, you, you had, and there was no changing. So it turns out that the brain is, is much more active than, than we used to know. But one very interesting aspect is that you probably heard of your lymph system, of your lymph glands, you know, you get sick and you're, you get a, a swelling of your lymph gland in your throat. Well, there's a glymph, so just put a G in front of lymph. There's a glymphatic, so not just lymphatic, but glymphatic system, which is a cleansing system in your brain. And that system will cleanse, and this is particularly about Alzheimer's, certain proteins are called beta amyloid, they're called tau, T-A-U, proteins. And this system cleanses them, but you have to be get enough sleep and also be in a deep sleep. So if your sleep is fractured, that um, influences how well this cleansing system occurs. But um, they did one night of deprived sleep in individuals and found that their level of these circulating uh, proteins increased just in one night of deprived sleep. So you can imagine a lifetime of sleep. So uh, if you're somebody who's had poor sleep, your risk of Alzheimer's goes up. That doesn't mean if you go, wow, I've, well, I've always slept terrible, forget about it. No, it's never too late to make impactful changes in your sleep, which will affect your health. How about heart disease? So heart disease is our number one killer. So we definitely want to pay attention to anything that's going to influence that. Again, the threshold I'm going to keep talking about because that's the research is under six hours of sleep. So if you get less than six hours sleep, your risk for cardiovascular disease or heart attack increases 200%. So your risk doubles. Already in America, it's our number one killer. So we, we don't need it to double. Now, what if you... Um, sleep less than six hours and we're looking at the calcification of your coronary arteries and this is what leads to stroke heart attacks sudden death that increases 200 to 300 percent if you're not getting uh, enough sleep and so uh, in in deep restorative sleep your vessels relax we talked about the cleansing in the brain um, but your sympathetic nervous system that kind of has all the adrenaline and pumps the heart hard and has the vessels working hard that relaxes at night. So you're obviously not asleep and awake at the same time, although some of us are, hence the problem. So nice, deep, un, what? Broken, unfragmented sleep. Uh, and your, is the greatest blood pressure medication, this one study said, that we could have. So moving on, what if you're trying to lose weight? 
Well, seven out of 10 Americans are, so likely I'm talking to uh, many of you right now. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're, you know, you're actively doing this, you're cutting calories, you're increasing exercise, you're cleaning up your diet, if you get less than six hours of sleep, 70% of the weight you lose will be lean muscle mass versus fat. So when you're underslept, your body wants to hold on to your fat. Um, it's kind of a safety net. It knows it's a, a source of fuel because you're not getting restored sleep. So 70% of the weight you're losing is exactly what you don't want to lose. It's lean muscle. Check this one out. We're up, at, <laughs> we're up to point number six. Your appetite regulation hormones. So you have hormones that there's two major ones. So one is called leptin and it's your satiety hormone. So it tells you you're satisfied. You ate a meal and you're like, I've had enough. There's a little left on your plate. You don't mind pushing the plate aside because you're satisfied, you're full, you're happy. Good. When you get less than six hours of sleep, guess what happens to this hormone? It goes way down. So you're not satisfied. You're never satisfied. You're not getting that feedback uh, from the hormone because there's not enough of it to tell you you ate enough. Now, the other major hormone is called ghrelin. And ghrelin is the hormone that tells you you're hungry. It's the hunger hormone. It goes way up when you're underslept, not enough sleep. And it's just constantly saying, hungry, 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 hungry. And I know some of you know exactly what that feels like. It's one of the major things I ask patients. It's like, when you eat, do you feel satisfied? And there's plenty of patients who go, no, I'm just, I'm always hungry. It just doesn't matter what I eat. I mean, finally, like mentally, I tell myself, you've eaten enough, but they don't get that satiation, the leptin hormone. Instead, ghrelin is in full force saying, hungry, hungry, hungry. And unfortunately, you're not even craving good food. You're craving all the most terrible foods, the ones that you shouldn't eat. So point number seven is a little scary. If you're going to the emergency room, uh, our residents in medical school and uh, doctors working in the hospital very frequently work a day and a half, two days. Th those are their shifts. So if your resident has worked more than 30 hour shift, you are 460% more likely to get an incorrect diagnosis from that resident because he or she is underslept. How about elective surgery? I don't know how, I mean, what do you call your surgeon the night before and, and, and talk about their sleep habits, but it's pretty gruesome. If your surgeon in the 24 hours prior to your surgery has slept less than six hours, he or she is 170% more likely to make a major surgical error on your body, like nicking an artery, damaging an organ. I just had a patient the other day who said, who said, yeah, she was telling me about her surgery. And then she said, you know, I came out of anesthesia and then I met with a doctor and the doctor was like, I just want to tell you, I nicked a nerve because I never do this. And so it'd be so interesting to find out if the poor guy was underslept. So check this out because then you're on the road. Maybe you're not getting surgery or you're not in the ER. But when these doctors who are underslept get in their cars, they're 168% more likely to cause a car crash. And obviously they're not crashing, or typically crashing into another car. 
So um, why don't doctors know better? They get an hour and a half to two hours of education on sleep in their entire career. I didn't know it was that bad. Um, let's go to point number eight. We're almost done. Uh, and as far as psychological, psychiatric conditions, none of them that they evaluated did the participants have normal sleep. So they couldn't find a, a single psychological or psychiatric condition where sleep was normal in the people suffering from it. So definitely a very strong place to start when someone has anxiety, depression, etc. What about kids? Guess what percentage of teens get enough sleep? 15%. What's scary about this is that the brain is being molded up until 25 years of age. And when you're not getting enough sleep, you're sort of stunting the growth and the development of the brain. They did an interesting study where they made the start time at school later. So there was this uh, town in, in the US and they had a start time of 7.30. They did an experiment. They changed it to, I think it was 8.45. So it was a little bit more than an hour later in the morning. And they found that following years, in other words, it took place for a full year. And then they found that 70% of the car crashes, let me try that again, car crashes with involved with teenagers in the town decreased 70%. And considering car crashes, these are 16 to 18 year olds in this particular study, considering car crashes are, are really the major source of how uh, our young teens lose their lives, this is really significant. So how much sleep does your teenager need? Uh, the estimate is eight to 10 plus hours, up to 11 hours. So um, it would take some effort, obviously, to change the start time of your school, I understand that. What I've always told parents, and then when I'm you know, working with a child who's old enough uh, to make those decisions is do the experiment on the weekend um, and find out when, how many hours of sleep you need. Now, if the kid is really deprived during the week, their, bo their body's gonna try to make up for some of that sleep debt during the weekend but maybe do it on in, in the summer or you know when you have some time off on the holidays and then find out how many hours you need such that you don't need an alarm so if you're setting an alarm for 7 a.m and you're always just dragging your kid out of bed and they're going to bed at let's say midnight so that's seven hours okay we already know that's not enough so then they, they start pushing back the bedtime because you don't really have control of when school starts right you got to be there so um, maybe simultaneously start letting the school system know about some of this education uh, on sleep guidelines. But in the interim, for your child and their brain development and their safety, for goodness sakes, behind the wheel, um, say, you know, this is important, so let's see. So you normally go to bed at midnight. Let's go to bed at 11. Let's try that for a few days. Um, did you wake up before the alarm or no? No, that was still a hideous time of day to get up. Okay, good. So you keep pushing it back. And this is for the health of your child and the safety of your child. It's really worth it. So please let me know if you like this information on sleep. There's a lot more data. Uh, predominantly, this is from Dr. Matthew Walker, who wrote the book, Why We Sleep. And I think it's something we underestimate a terrible amount. 
uh, in our clinic in Silicon Valley. I frequently spoke with um, employees of large high-tech companies where uh, sleep was considered a luxury. If somebody you know, got eight hours, I'd say, hey, you know, how many hours of sleep do you like to get? And they're like, I get eight. You know, they'd kind of whisper, I get eight hours. It's a lot, like it's indulgent. You know, like they were cheating somehow. I'm like, no, you minimally <laughs> want to go for eight. That's great, you know. But they, they felt like they needed to apologize for that. It's like, oh, you know, my husband just does five to six and he's fine, you know. It makes me feel lazy. No, no, it's going to catch up with your husband as in this example. All right, so uh, let me know if you enjoyed this uh, video. Please share it with others. Hit the like button and uh, let me know if you want to hear more about this topic. I hope you found this video helpful. If you want more on this topic and others, click here.